If you have a Bible this morning, find the book of Acts, and we're going to start in chapter number one, Acts chapter one. Uh, Today is kind of the second week and the final week in a series. We've just, we've been using the word Pentecost, Uh, Pentecost. Next Sunday is actually on the church calendar, Pentecost Sunday. We'll talk a little bit about that, but we moved it up a little bit. Um, actually, two weeks. It's the first week of June. I'm sorry. I felt like it's almost June. I've just been praying for summer, and I just feel that way, but you get it. But uh, next Sunday, we're going to begin, don't miss this, we're going to begin a three-part message series on the future generation. And so we talk about how we're a church that is sold out globally, locally, and in the future generation. And so the next three weeks, starting next week, we're gonna look at that. What does that include? That's, that's teenagers, that's children, that's parenting, that's the church, and what does it look like for us uh, to help in the future generation, both in our church family and in our community and around the world? What does this look like? And we're gonna have all sorts of things. It's going to be motivating, it's gonna be Bible stuff, it's also gonna be practical. And so we're just excited about that to get to that. Uh, That's starting next week. The future generation is at the heart of who we are here as a church. Uh, You know, we're all we're all going to be gone someday, and they're going to be left. And uh, it's important that we pass on um, a love for God and uh, a hunger for Him to the next generation. Would you agree? And so we work hard at that around here. That is a big deal. We have kids stuff going on all over the place right now. Uh, we fill this room with teenagers on Wednesday nights, and they, they wreck the church and all this type of stuff, and we love that, okay? Um, yes, and so there you go. Thanks, guys. That was you. Stop wrecking the church, but we love you. I'm totally kidding. They don't wreck the church. But, but today, today we're talking about this word, Pentecost. Pentecost means 50th. If you were here last week, this is a two-minute review, but more than that, It is the name of a Jewish holiday, uh, a holiday that falls exactly 50 days after another Jewish holiday. The holiday is called Passover. The original Passover and original Pentecost uh, happened 12 or 1300 years before the life of Jesus, but significant things happened on Passover and Pentecost when Jesus died. In fact, Jesus died on this Jewish holiday of Passover where they were to celebrate and remember 1,300 years ago when, a, when lambs were slain and killed for the freedom of the people. That was last week. We don't have time to go into that. 50 days after that, so Jesus dies on that holiday. 50 days later is another holiday called Pentecost, and this is where the Holy Spirit shows up in power in a supernatural way, fills the people that are there, and the beginning of the new Christian church really begins in that moment. And so that is Pentecost, right? This, all of this 100% on purpose. The timing is not coincidence. The timing is not on accident. God ordained this and put this together in this exact way. And if you missed last week, I would recommend you find that on our website and watch that because today is really part two of the entire story here. And so that was, that was the beginning. That's a beautiful thing. But today, uh, I'm excited where we're going because very specifically today, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And before we get too far into this, allow me to just make a couple observations. Are you ready? Say yes so that I just feel like you're listening a little bit here, okay? Our church family here is filled with all sorts of people from all sorts of different backgrounds. 
Nod your head, that is true, okay? And I don't just even mean we grew up in different ways and we have different family situations and, uh, and life stuff, but I also mean religious traditions. In fact, raise your hand if you consider your background how you grew up Catholic. Raise your hand. Whoa, look at that right there. How many uh, Lutheran is the way, that, wow, look at that, okay? Uh, those are going to be the, the highest two by far in our area here. How many grew up going to a Baptist church? Okay, we got just a handful. Um, how about some other denomination that I didn't mention? It could be all sorts of different things from Methodist, uh, Assembly of God, anybody. Okay, we have a couple right there. How many of you, you just never grew up? I said that wrong. <laughs> I said that wrong. How many, of you, how many of you grew up like not going to church at all? And that was not, raise your hand if that's you. I did not go to church, okay? Pastor Corey's in that group right there, okay? Um, and, and so here's, here's the situation that we have here, and here's why I bring any of this up. Very simply, all of these different churches have handled this topic of the Holy Spirit in very different ways. Very different ways. Some of your church traditions just never talked about it. And that was, that's your situation. Maybe they said Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that's as far as anything ever got for you. And so the Holy Spirit for you is like, you just don't even know what in the world that means. Some of your church traditions taught against what we're gonna talk about today, okay? And we know that that's a reality in some of us here. Some of your church traditions, okay, um, they, like, they kind of taught and felt, and maybe you grew up with this, that the Holy Spirit is weird. Okay, just being real here with some of this, okay? And some of us even have religious baggage that when, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there's some of that, okay? But understand, no matter, no matter what religious background that you come from, no matter what your teaching and understanding of this topic of the Holy Spirit, no matter, like at the very core of all of this, this thing is God. Understand, the Holy Spirit is God, the Holy Spirit is God. So to say, I don't want more of the Holy Spirit in my life because the Holy Spirit is weird is really to say, I do not want more of God. So just understand that from the very beginning. The Holy Spirit is God that lives in us. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. There may be things about the Holy Spirit that we just simply do not understand, uh, and things that maybe don't make sense, but the Holy Spirit is God. In fact, I would even say it this way, like for some of us, you, ha you have the weird Holy Spirit person in your mind, and that person, okay, who, who you just think, they're, they're weird in the name of the Holy Spirit. Can I just put you at ease right now and just say, they'd be weird without the Holy Spirit? Okay, it is not the Holy Spirit that's making them weird, okay? So don't point, knock it off. That is not okay in this place. But in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is normal. The Holy Spirit is common. The Holy Spirit is incredible and helpful. But listen to me, we have an enemy and we believe this and this is biblical stuff. Call him Satan, call him the devil, you call him whatever you wanna call him. He's out to destroy, he's out to make a mess of things and I believe that Satan has done a very good job of making this topic awkward and making this topic confusing, but I'm just here to tell you it should not be like that. Because in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is normal and powerful and absolutely incredible. Are you with me? Okay, yes, you're not sure yet, and that's okay. But here's the reality. 
what I see, and I think you would agree with me, most people in Christian churches across America are living complacent, almost defeated Christian lives. Apathetic version of what this looks like in the Bible, just sort of surviving their way through what it looks like to be a Christian. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for you. I want your relationship with God to be amazing, life-giving, purpose-filled, like that's what it's supposed to be, and today is a part of that. Write this down. Here's where we're gonna start, okay? We're gonna start with this right here. What if you have a misunderstanding about something that could radically change your relationship with God? What if you have a misunderstanding about something that could radically change your relationship with God, and I just want to kind of pause for a moment and let that sink in, okay? Your spiritual life, your relationship with God, and I'm telling you that for some of us and maybe even many of us here today, this topic of the Holy Spirit is exactly that. It really is. Okay, so I want us to begin by just praying together, so please stand with me all over this place, and uh, let's just sincerely, authentically just invite God into this moment right here. And so God, we, we invite you into this moment. Holy Spirit, we ask that you even inside of us would begin to speak and show us things and move in our hearts and our lives. God, don't let this just be uh, a good speech or whatever else, but I pray for something significant we give this to you, we sit on the edge of our seats and lean in to you and your very word today. And so we thank you, God, do what you do. We give this to you in your name we pray, amen, amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat. <coughs> That's good stuff right there. Wow, calm down. Okay, uh, I wanna start, I wanna start before we get to the Bible, two things about the Holy Spirit two generic kind of things about the Holy Spirit. Write these down if you're taking notes. This will get us started. Number one, if you have accepted the message of Jesus, then the Holy Spirit lives in you. God, the Holy Spirit, lives in you. We talked about this briefly last week. Uh, in fact, the Apostle Paul writes this multiple times. We see this multiple places. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? God's spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, all the same thing in the Bible. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Now the next one is same, same book of the Bible. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? The Holy Spirit lives inside of Christians, lives inside of believers, speaks to us, helps us, encourages us, convicts us of our sin, moves us towards Jesus. This is true for every follower of Christ every single time. If you are here this morning and you have put your faith and your trust in Jesus and you have done that, then the Bible says that the Holy Spirit at that moment, God the Holy Spirit came and he now lives inside of you and 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 like I just I believe with everything that I am that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us every day all the time we just need to learn to listen and respond in obedience but the Holy Spirit lives in every Christian all the time the second piece though and write this down equally true there is more of the Holy Spirit than you have right now okay so like the Holy Spirit lives in us as Christians but it is possible to be 
filled with the Holy Spirit in supernatural ways, to experience him in supernatural ways, and we are just a church that believes in that. We're a church that believes that this is not just going through the motions and doing normal church stuff, and whatever your church tradition is right now, I'm just telling you, this is where we're at. We believe there's more. We believe there's a deeper stuff. We believe that there's experience after experience and supernatural things, okay? If the Holy Spirit is in me, how can more of the Holy Spirit be in me, okay? Good question. I know, I'm with you. Sometimes we just need to accept the fact that we don't get all this and that there's some things that we may not understand about about God. The Holy Spirit is God. No one in this place understands God fully, not even close. You with me? Yeah, yeah, okay? Uh, No matter who you are or how long you've been a Christian, how much you know about the Bible, understand there is more. There is more of God. There's more of God the Holy Spirit than you have right now. Let me say this in a slightly different way. We believe that every Christian has the Holy Spirit living in them. We also believe that there are additional supernatural experiences with the Holy Spirit that move us forward, that move us forward, that bring us to another level in our connection, in our relationship with God. God. Now, though I believe that there are all sorts of experiences with the Holy Spirit along this journey that we have, and I could, ha- I could tell you all sorts of things where the Holy Spirit showed up in my life and put something in my mind for the exact right moment, or, or, or gave me a heart for something that I didn't have a heart for, or moved me to something. There's all sorts of that stuff and experiences that I have, that I have felt. The Bible does very specifically show us one of these experiences, and that is the experience called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Okay, and where we see this come up the most in the Bible is in a book called Acts, the book of Acts. It's the clearest there and it comes up right there. The book of Acts tells the story of what happened immediately after Jesus raises from the dead. It's a fantastic book. Uh, It tells the story of the beginning of the Christian church because understand that Jesus was not a Christian Jesus was a Jewish man. Christianity started with the death and the resurrection of Jesus and the Holy Spirit coming at that point. That's when Christianity really began, okay? Uh, So the story of Acts, the beginning of the Christian church, in fact, Acts, some of you are like, Acts, why do they call it Acts? The The real title is called the Acts of the Apostles. The Acts of the Apostles, the followers of Jesus after Jesus left. And within the first two chapters of this book of the Bible called the Acts of the Apostles, we see the Holy Spirit making an entrance in a powerful way. Now understand, this is what Jesus promised. He said this, and you can read about this in John, John chapter 14, 15, and 16. Read those entire chapters. Jesus says, he says things like, I'm gonna go away, and it's better if I go away because when I go away, someone else is gonna come, and it's gonna be incredible, and you need this. Jesus predicts this over and over again. In fact, this is how the book of Acts begins. Check this out. This is Acts chapter one. We're gonna start in verse number three. Acts 1 verse 3, here's what it says. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. This is obviously Jesus, uh, dies on the cross, raised from the dead, shows up to the disciples and the followers of Jesus and uh, convinces them, I'm alive, guys. It's this beautiful thing. Okay, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days 
and spoke about the kingdom of God. Jesus was on earth for 40 days after he raised from the dead, okay? Now, now when you think of the timeline, Passover, Pentecost, we have the 50-day mark between when Jesus died and when Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit comes, that happens. Jesus is there for 40 some of those days, you know, counting him in the grave, okay? Uh, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, after he rose from the dead, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I did the Bethlehem thing again, okay? But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, talking about John the Baptist before Jesus was even born, but, or early on in there, not before he was born. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus had promised the Holy Spirit would come and when he left, and now he says, I'm finally leaving. I want you to wait in this city that you are in right now. And in a few days, you are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, a few verses later, Jesus tells them what will happen when they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is verse eight. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Don't go anywhere. Stay where you are. In a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, you will receive power to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. This is going to be the start of the spread of the message of Jesus in Christianity. Okay? The very next chapter, like immediately after this, we read that this group of people are in a home of some sort, and they are waiting. Okay, we read this last week, but let me read this to you again. This is Acts chapter two, verse number one. Here's what happens to set the stage for where we're going today. When the day of Pentecost came, okay, day 50 after Passover, and it's also the Jewish holiday of Pentecost. We talked about that last week. They were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit in that moment and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They're waiting just like Jesus had told them to do, and the Holy Spirit shows up just like Jesus had promised he would. There's wind, there's fire, there's supernatural things happening. Everyone in that place, everyone in that room is filled with the Holy Spirit, with God the Holy Spirit. And the story says they begin to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them that ability. The original language reads like this, they begin to speak in other tongues. But that word tongues is just translated languages, okay? Speak in other languages. And what we have here in Acts chapter 2 is God the Holy Spirit showing up in this way and filling a person really for the very first time, okay? A, a supernatural event that Jesus said was coming. This is the first time in the Bible we see this event that seems to be called by Jesus the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Okay, the story gets even crazier. Okay, so picture this crazy loud sound, people speaking in other languages that they do not know, and then this is what happens next in verse number five. They were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. These were not permanent residents in Jerusalem. These were pilgrims. These were people who had traveled there for Pentecost, for the holiday that was happening 
Uh, and so there's foreigners, they're all staying in this city, and let's see what happens next. Verse number six, when they heard this sound, what sound are they hearing? This is the sound of wind, maybe, the sound definitely of, of people speaking in other languages, okay? A crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Are these, different, are these people speaking in these different languages or is this a miracle of the people hearing in their own language? We don't really know, okay? It doesn't really matter. Supernatural things happening as these people are speaking in languages they do not know and the crowd shows up and they're like, I hear them and I can understand them. They don't know what they're saying, but I do, okay? Uh, and they say, this says this, utterly amazed, they ask, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans, like they should all, they all say this, speak the same language, they're from here. Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? These foreigners all show up from different places. They're here for Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes down, fills these people. I know I'm talking fast. They hear them and it's this crazy moment. They are completely amazed by what's happening, okay? Uh, the disciples and the rest of the group were speaking in other tongues, speaking in other languages, given to them by the Holy Spirit in that moment. They did not understand what they were saying, but they were speaking the languages, or at least the people were hearing them speaking in the languages of all of these people from all over the place, and the people are amazed. And Acts chapter 2 ends, again, this is the beginning of the Christian church right here in this moment, okay? Acts chapter 2 ends with 3,000 people responding to this message and the story of Jesus, uh, and they are water baptized on that day. The church grows from a bunch of people in a house having a supernatural experience to over 3,000 people, day number uno. First day, has to do with the Holy Spirit coming in power as Jesus, as, as Jesus explained and, and said would happen. That is Acts chapter two. But here's where things get interesting. This isn't the only time that this experience with the Holy Spirit happens. Okay, let me show you. Jump to Acts chapter 10 in your Bible if you have one of those or flip on your little phone thing. Okay, Acts chapter 10, not the same day, not the same week, Okay, this is in the future now. We don't know how long. Uh, a while later, and Peter is visiting a man's home. Peter was one of the people who was in Acts chapter 2 when all this happened. Okay, in fact, Peter's the one who got up and explained to the crowd what was going on, and 3,000 people respond. But there's a man named Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 who has, who has had this dream or this vision of Peter. Peter's in the vision. And this man says, I gotta find that dude. And he sends some people and they find Peter and they bring Peter back to this man's house. This man's name is Cornelius, okay? And when he finds him, okay, Peter comes and Peter begins to speak because the guy's like, I had a dream about you or a vision or whatever, uh, talk to me. Peter then, uh, there's a bunch of people in this house or you know, in, in this household servants and Peter begins to tell them uh, about Jesus and about all of this type of stuff. Now check this out. This is Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Follow me here. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, talking about Jesus and telling these people who have never heard this, it says, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. It happens again. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished 
that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. What's going on here? Peter is talking to a group of people called Gentiles. What is a Gentile? A Gentile is someone who is not a Jew, okay? Most of us in this place, we're Gentiles because we're from Sweden or Germany or wherever you're from. Norway, probably, okay? Uh, we are Gentiles. And, and understand this, that, that, that Jesus was Jewish. The disciples and the followers of Jesus were Jewish. All, everything right now is about the Jewish people. And the Jewish people and these new Jewish Christians assumed that the Messiah came for the Jewish people. And the Holy Spirit situation in Acts chapter two happened to Jewish people. So now all of a sudden, Peter is in a place that's filled with non-Jewish people and the Holy Spirit shows up in power and the people there, it it, it says the uncircumcised, okay, that's, uh, and the circumcised, circumcised is Jewish, uncircumcised is not Jewish, is what we have in the Bible here. And the, the Jewish people who are there are astonished because the Holy Spirit has shown up and done what he did back then, again, right here, to people who are not Jewish, okay? And it said, and the Bible says that, that they knew that they were filled with the Holy Spirit, or you could say baptized in the Holy Spirit, because these Gentile people began to speak in other languages, okay? All right, so there we go. Uh, We don't have the wind, we don't have the tongues of fire, but we have the gift of the Holy Spirit being poured out, and they all begin speaking in tongues and praising God. And we don't have the phrase here, baptism in the Holy Spirit, okay, which is the phrase Jesus used, but that's what this is. The Holy Spirit fills these people. So Acts chapter two, this experience happens for the first time, and then we see it again. Acts chapter 10, but here's what's interesting. Acts 2 and Acts 10 are not the only place that this happens. Shows up again. If you, if you have a Bible, flip over to Acts chapter 19. Not the same day, not the same week. In fact, you could say months and maybe even uh, a year or more later between Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19 now, okay? Nod your head if you're following me along, following me with this, okay? Some of you, you just went, Oh, no, that's not what I meant by not my head. Okay, we're okay. Acts chapter 19 tells the story of a man named Paul. Now, we know the Apostle Paul is going to be a big-time Christian, travel and spread the message of Jesus for 500, 800 miles around. It's going to be incredible. And he's going to write all sorts of letters that we have in our Bible. Okay, Paul was not in the story of Acts chapter 2. Paul... Uh, has an experience actually in Acts chapter eight and nine where, where, where Jesus shows up, shows up to Paul. It's a supernatural moment in Paul's life. And the story, if you read it, actually says that the apostle Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit at that point. Does not mention anything about speaking in other languages, but we see Paul in his writing mention and talk about how he speaks in tongues multiple times. Interesting thing that we have. Okay, but Acts chapter 19 now, Paul is starting to do kind of some of his own ministry uh, as as things have changed in his life. Okay, Uh, and look with me. This is is Acts chapter 19, verse number six. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. Ephesus. Now, we are hundreds of miles away from Jerusalem at this point, 
okay? There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism is a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all, okay? Let's, let's talk about this because this is fascinating to me. The story says Paul is traveling. He is now hundreds of miles away from where, okay, where all of this other stuff has happened. He is traveling and telling people and he shows up and he finds 12, 12 men who it, it says they're disciples, but these are people who actually had never heard of Jesus they had somehow heard the message that John the Baptist preached of the Messiah that would, one, that would soon come, and they were baptized in repentance of John the Baptist, okay? Paul says, hold on, hold on, You're, you only got the beginning of the story here. The Messiah did come, and I'm adding a little bit into what would have happened here, but he, he tells them about Jesus. He says, John the Baptist, his message was actually about this person that's now here, and then the story says that these men were water baptized in the name of Jesus. That's what we have right there. They had originally been baptized in the name of John the Baptist. Now they're baptized in the name of Jesus, okay? And then it says, the story says that Paul lays his hands on these men and the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. The word prophesy here just means to speak out the words of God is what that means, okay? Uh, and so quickly here, Quickly here, and we don't have enough time to talk about all of this, but quickly let me talk about this idea of speaking in tongues. Okay, you ready? Uh, again, not enough time to talk about this and what it means and, and what it accomplishes, and we see it all over the Bible in different places as well, but understand this, it's, it's in the Bible, and more than just three times, the three times that we read right now, this comes up in other places in this New Testament, the part of the Bible that's after Jesus, Paul writes about this idea of speaking in tongues. First uh, Corinthians chapters 12, 13, and 14, he, he talks about this. And, and listen, I'm fully willing to admit that I do not have all the answers to all of this stuff, that I don't even understand some of it, okay? I have questions of my own, and I'm just upfront willing to fully admit that, that I don't get it all. But understand that what many of us think of as weird, okay, the idea of speaking in a language you don't know is the Holy Spirit, like what, okay, what's going on here? Uh, let me just say, this is ac actually quite incredible. And in the Bible, this isn't weird. In the Bible, these first century Christians, this wasn't weird to them. This was supernatural. This was special. This was significant. This was like a part of things and a part of the start of the church and the moving. In fact, let me show you something Paul wrote to this group of, of Christians in Corinth, which is in Greece, okay? Uh, he writes this at some point in a letter. Now, this is decades after all this is to happen that we're reading about in Acts. He writes, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all y'all. That'd be the southern version of it, actually, okay? 
more than, more than any of you, more than all of you. I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. This is the Apostle Paul writing this, okay, saying this. Uh, like, understand, Acts 2, 10, 19, these all happened in Israel. Uh, actually, 2 and 10 in Israel, 19 happens later. Like, this is 800 miles away from Israel to the, to the people in this place called Corinth, and, and the, the Holy Spirit in this experience, like, it just continued. And, and for me, like, I just believe this still continues today. I believe that this is not something that has died I believe that is not something that we just read about in the Bible and is not, is not real. And I believe that this is still happening today. Okay, music team, will you please come? Now, we've just kind of built this right here and we're just going to get someplace all together, okay? <clears throat> and you don't have to be afraid if you have all sorts of baggage and stuff and you're saying, what is happening, okay? Just hang with me, we're okay. Some of what some of what I feel like God was asking me to do today is simply to, the word I'm gonna use is normalize an experience that we read about in the Bible that for some of us is a bit out there, okay? Like that's part of what today is for me. I feel like God is wanting me to normalize this, to make this not crazy and weird the way that some of us may think. We have come from all sorts of different backgrounds and all sorts of different teachings and lack of teachings on the top of the whole topic of the Holy Spirit. Okay, we talked about all of that and you can understand the complexity of this issue in a place where we have people raising their hands from all sorts of different places, okay? But listen, like I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware that for some of us in this place, this is absolutely brand new. And, and, and this is, like you've never heard any of this and if that's you i just want you to understand and hear me there is more of god than you know and understand there is more to this than you could ever even imagine okay that you could ever believe or even understand and just just a basic level if you've put your faith and trust in jesus god the holy spirit lives inside of you but there is so much more there's more more of god than you have right now every one of us and for some of us here today kind of moving to a different group of people. For some of us here, for whatever reason, you have a bad taste in your mouth about the topic of the Holy Spirit. Again, I believe that Satan has done a good job of confusing this stuff, making it weird and making it awkward. And I just want to normalize this. And in a way, I want to ask you to kind of just put your guard down a bit and just come to the conclusion that there's more than I understand here. There's more than I know. And just because some weird Christian did some weird thing in the name of the Holy Spirit does not mean that the Holy Spirit is to be avoided. And that the Holy Spirit is weird. And, and finally, like there's some of us in this place where you are, you are just sincerely hungry for more of God than you have right now. And that is, that is some of us, and you're here, and you're on the edge of your seat, and you're saying, I just, I just want more. And I'm here to tell you, if you have not 
experience this thing that we've read about today, the gift of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, this is, this is a step for you. Like God wants to fill you with more than you have ever experienced to give you power and boldness and to give you a new way to pray and to bring you closer to him, to help you better hear his voice and know him better. Just kind of a final question as we get ready to kind of be done. How do I receive this gift of the Holy Spirit? The Bible's so easy in this. It's like you ask for it. You ask for it. You ask. You say, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Like we read about in the Bible, you begin to pray for that and you posture yourself in a way to receive from God. You seek God, you worship God, and you ask him to fill you. Please stand with me all over this place. If you're here today and you would just simply say to me, I am, I am sincerely hungry for whatever God has for me. If that's you, just lift up your hand. I just want to pray. I just want us to pray together. And so God, you see hands all over this place and you know where some of us are. You can feel our hunger and our thirst for more of you, God, than we've ever had. And God, I pray, I pray that as we begin to invite you, Holy Spirit, to fill us in new ways and to move in our hearts and our lives, that we would experience supernatural things. God, I pray that you would baptize people in the Holy Spirit, God, even in this moment and even this week as we're outside mowing our lawn, God, I pray for significant supernatural experiences to happen. We just give this to you. We are hungry for more than we have ever had. In your name we pray. One final thing just before we're done. Uh, maybe you're here today and, and you have never responded to the message of Jesus. Uh, the, the, story, the story of God is he created us to be in this beautiful relationship with him, but he gave us a choice. And people from the very beginning have walked away from God, turned their back on God. Okay? The Bible says the wages of our sin is death. That's, the, that's, what, that's what we all deserve for, for our disobedience and our walking away from God. But the second half of that, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. God sent Jesus to die, to live the life that we could never live, like perfect, and to die the death that in a way we deserved on that cross, and he died for you. And the scripture says if you will put your trust and your faith in Jesus, then you can be saved. That's the word the Bible uses. But you can be in relationship with God again the way that it was intended to be, okay? And, and if you're here today and maybe you would say, I have never responded to Jesus. I've never put my faith and my trust in him like you're talking about with no one looking around. If that's you, just quickly show me your hand. I just wanna pray for you. Anyone in this place at all, thank you, thank you. You can put your hand down. If you're behind a screen right now watching, you can respond to this as well. There's a place where you can click a little thing and you can respond. Anyone else in this place that would say yes, yes, thank you. You can put your hand down. Thank you for responding. Anybody else? Just a moment longer. Just a moment longer. Most important decision you will ever make is what you do with Jesus and what God has done for you. Okay, church, let's just all say a prayer together. 
These aren't magic words. It doesn't work like that. It's a heart thing between you and God. But if you raised your hand, or even if you didn't, you can just, from your heart, say this prayer. Let's pray. Pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name I pray, amen. Come on, will you put your hands together? Let's celebrate that.